You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Cool. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down on the south side today i say that it's like it's not like a gangster way of saying that but it's just like i don't know why i thought of that but yeah down the south side it's like which is really funny because if you're in the real estate world some of the best houses are south of oklahoma city so and your husband will know that as well and there's some great houses down here but um my guest today thanks for having me down here first in the house and everything especially with this during this crazy time um but my guest today is maori you just told me what it was Aveline. Aveline. Yes, yes. get in. Uh, Maori Aveline's with me today. Um, most people listening to this might already know you because we've probably pushed it through social media, so they know all your story. But for the people that don't know you, if someone asks you, what do you do? What do you say to them? I am a serial entrepreneur, a creator, and a cultivator. Okay. it's a lot of things. Yes. And... Um, so we're, you've done a lot of bridal stuff, right? You've done hair and makeup mostly, right? Is that where everything started? Mm-hmm. So from a young age, like, do you come from a city and like bridal stuff's always the dream and hair and makeup and you're playing dollhouse as a kid or do you grow up like in the country and like you're in the dirt and you, you don't see a doll? Yeah. What? So I was born on a farm. Okay. <laughs> so opposite of what you would think like glamorous life would be that would introduce me to this world. Sure. So first of all, thank you for coming to my house mm-hmm. today and doing this. It's It's been nice to like see real people. <laughs> and go out. Real and, I saw your, your Instagram yesterday. It was like, I'm going to a real restaurant. A real restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Do I remember how to order food? Right. What is happening? Yeah. So I was born in Altus, Oklahoma. And mm-hmm. the only reason I was born in Altus, Oklahoma is because Hollis doesn't have a hospital. Okay. So I'm from Hollis. It's a very, very tiny town. Yeah. Um, maybe 10 miles, maybe less uh, from the Texas border. Okay. So it's very, very far south corner um, mm-hmm. of Oklahoma. And... Uh, my parents just, they were cotton and cattle farmers. Um, and my mom was a hairdresser Yeah, and never in a million years did I think that I would be a hairdresser being around my mom then. And it didn't dawn on me till way later in life. I was a competitive dancer. I was a ballerina and actually danced for the ballet Oklahoma for a couple years as a young girl and, and then left that and went into a competitive studio and Mm -hmm. did that forever and thought that's what I was going to do until I had uh, a really bad injury in high school that Mm -hmm. just changed the trajectory of that. And I love people. I love to talk never in my life did I think, oh, I want to be a lawyer or Mm -hmm. I want to be a doctor. I I didn't want to be in one setting all the time. I wanted a creative career and that idea came of, well, I could do hairdressing, but I didn't want to work in a salon full time. I wanted to travel. I wanted to work with celebrities and, and that's where all of that led me. So no, I don't think many ballerinas come from Hollis, right? No, I don't That's think so. How, how'd, you, how'd you get into the... Because people who know, I have friends who, who from back home went to Royal Academy of Dance in London and mm. like, I know how hard they worked. Yeah. And it's, it's you work harder than most professional athletes to do what you do. Yeah. So how, how'd you get into that through you know, growing up? So I started dance really young. I was, I think, three, my mom said, when she first put me in dance. And I always loved ballet over everything else. Okay. Classical ballet. I am a classical ballerina at yeah. heart. It is still in me. I still appreciate the arts. It's still something that I go watch and go support. Okay. And I just loved it. I fell in love with the classical music. I loved mm-hmm. having the piano in studio. And it is. It's hard work. Right. You know, you see these these women and the strength. I mean, you can see the muscularity mm-hmm. on stage and the consistency and the discipline that it takes with your body. And it breaks it down. Mm-hmm. I mean, still to this day, yeah. I'll, I'll do certain things because I do a lot of photo shoots and things and people will say oh there's the dancer because my feet will just like point (laughs) you know I I did it from the time I was three until I was 20 and and I just loved it I loved the competitive nature of it I loved the discipline Mm. I mean I was dancing 12 14 hours a week as a teenager and not a complaint in the world I'd rather be in the studio dancing than hanging out with friends a lot of times so Billy Elliot's one of your favorite movies then 
I actually don't know that oh, one. You haven't Save seen Billy. the Last Dance oh, is one of okay. my so absolute Billy, favorites. Billy Elliot's like a f- famous British kind of, it's probably why you haven't watched it because it's a British movie, but it's about a kid who grew up in a coal mining town oh. and his dad puts him in boxing and he doesn't want to box, he wants to dance. And he ends up doing the whole like Black Swan thing at goes to Royal Academy of Dance London and just it's yes, an okay. amazing movie. I'll have to check uh, that I think one it's out. like in the eighties, like coal mining, like strike, big deal in the eighties. But I mean, you know, great. Those are the it's, best uh, movies from Tom 80s. Holland is the actor as a okay. kid. So like he's um, what has he been in? He's been in some stuff recently. If you've seen, uh, have you watched Rocket Man? Yes. So he is the songwriter in Rocket Man. Uh, okay. Ha- okay. As a kid, he's in that great movie. Nice. Um, so yeah, competitive dancing—that's that's a huge deal, right? Like that's not an easy thing to do. No, it was not easy. It's very hard on your body, and mm. that's—I mean, I was training for a competition when I dislocated my knee. Yeah. And the doctor said it was the worst dislocation he had ever seen. Yeah. And that I would never dance again. Wow. And uh, and I did. I went on to still dance again, mm. but my confidence was really right. shattered after that because it was so weak, mm-hmm. and I actually dislocated it two more times after that just yeah. from I mean just the the stretch of the ligaments just everything sure and I actually just had knee surgery um in December because yeah. it still bothers me to wow. this day right yeah. so it just changed the trajectory of everything yeah but I still dance so I do you still... do you end up, do, you, do you go to university from school like you're dancing like this I did not okay because a lot of people do that right they, they go to do. OCU whatever they do. it is so and they I do. auditioned okay. I auditioned at uh, UCO and OCU mm-hmm. and I got offered a partial scholarship and that's really the time my life really mm-hmm. changed okay and and I'm super open with where I'm at now in my life and what mm-hmm. I do but I went through a lot my senior year in high school my parents separated mm-hmm. and I was crushed and uh, you know, I don't want to say typical because I don't think it's typical for every teenager, but I didn't grow up in a super loving, supportive home as far as both parents all the time. My mother is my rock. My father was very absent during my Mm -hmm. crucial years, I guess. And so it crushed me and my mom left and I was left at home with my father, whom I didn't like very much. And I turned down a dance scholarship and moved to Dallas and took a job teaching classical ballet instead. Do you regret that? I don't regret anything. And I know that's kind of a cliche thing. Did it hold, did did it hold it over yourself for a while though? Or did you just kind of accept it? I didn't because that's that's when my life took a turn for the worst. And I had a really, I had a really bad couple years. Mm -hmm. I fell into a really bad drug addiction Mm -hmm. and that's when I met my ex-husband and ended up in an abusive marriage, Mm -hmm. which again, I say these things with confidence today because it's, I talk openly about them now. Yeah. With, with who I am and what I do with women and coaching and speaking and and but at the time I just was in a downward spiral mm-hmm. and so I probably had some regret then like I should have just went to college right. I should have went and taken the dance scholarship and took in a different path mm-hmm. but I didn't take a different path that's right. the path I chose but the trials and the tribulations and everything that I went through mm-hmm. strengthened me so much and it's why I do what I do today True. and I have so much empathy for women that are going through those things right. because I've been there and you can relate like yeah. I said you, you've been there you, you I'm sure that you get a lot more respect from them coming across being like look I know exactly how you feel absolutely rather than oh I'm just doing this because I think I think motivation is a good thing to be exactly. in right now why not and I'm sure there's people out there that sadly are doing that yes um, but so you go to Dallas to teach What's it like teaching over being... Because I've tried to teach golf and I, t- I hate teaching compared to like... <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's a different kind of animal to try it and teach people It is a different animal. I only taught... Uh, I taught for four four years, I think. Mm. And I taught mostly younger ages. So 14 and below. Mm. And so you're not teaching, you know, collegiate dancers at right. this point. So it was fun and I loved it. Mm. And I enjoyed teaching. And I still enjoy teaching. I sure. enjoy teaching 
people how to style bridal hair. You know, I've yeah. done it for so long. I love teaching people editorial. I love teaching people how to build out their own courses and programs. Sure. And so teaching has been something that I've naturally loved. Yeah. enjoy doing. And yeah. I think people either are natural yeah, at it and they definitely. like it or they don't. Yeah. And and so I do enjoy teaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when does like the, the beauty side of things come into it then? Are you like, are you doing hair while you're in Dallas or is it just? I like, wasn't doing hair in Dallas. I was doing hair when I moved back home. Okay. So, so that's when I moved when back home to back. Oklahoma because like I said, I made some really yeah. terrible choices. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the bad boyfriend, all the stuff. And called my parents with that mm-hmm. humble phone call and said I need to come move back home yeah. for a little while and get back on my feet. And that's when I met my ex-husband was during that time that I was back home Mm -hmm. and we dated for a year, got engaged, got married, you know, another year later. And that's when I went to hair school when we were dating. That's when I went to cosmetology school for the first time. Sure. Was that in town? It was in town. Yeah. It was here in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Because I know I got a lot of people. I think we have some mutual friends, uh, Jared, who shoots Jared and Josie, right? Josie's doing hair, right? She is. So they were on the podcast last year. I just shot with Jared the other day. Yeah. That's what, that's what we're reminded me to he's to doing out. all of my new um mm-hmm. branding images awesome. and i'm really excited yeah i think josie's doing hair maybe she's graduated. She is. She is. she's in okay. cosmetology that's school right. yeah, yeah that's what made me think of that they're great they're a lot of they fun are. To watch they're amazing too. people um so you you get into school and you like you think i never thought i'd be doing this because my mom did it and now yeah. you just kind of come full circle uh you know w- from then on to here like the, there's a huge transformation that happens from then to huge. here right so Huge. where does that, you know, I mean, how, about? how real do we get on this? Podcast? I mean, we've got, <laughs> we got time. We got time. How many, I mean, I'm sure so, you share a lot. I, I have shared it all and I yeah. share it all. You know, people hear me speak and I've mm-hmm. been a speaker for a couple of years now and I've shared my story a lot. And sometimes I don't realize the magnitude of it until people hear it. And they're sure. like, I heard you on this podcast. Oh my gosh, Mallory. Yeah. I had no idea. Cause the thing is I got really good at, at being what I needed to be. Sure. I'm incredibly resilient. And I say that mm-hmm. in a very proud way because I just, I just am. I've had right. to be in my life. But um, when I was in cosmetology school was at the height of my addiction. Okay. I was tiny. I was, I was, I'll put it this way. I was doing drugs in the bathroom at school. Yeah. And it was when I was married to my ex-husband at the time. Mm-hmm. And I found out that he was cheating on me. So I'm in cosmetology school. I find out my husband's cheating on me. I'm at the height of my drug addiction. Very, very serious drugs. And hiding it from everyone. I've alienated myself from all of my friends. Mm -hmm. Naturally really good at hair. Like entering the competitions at school and winning them. But I'm lost. Like my soul was just like lost at that point. And because you're so naturally good at it, nobody really notices if you're high or whatever it is. Like you just, 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 you're just good at it. Exactly. And so that can be dangerous because Mm. you think, oh, she's strong. She's a great woman. She's confident. She's talented. She's good. I was not good. I was not good at all. And it was actually during that time that this was a super pivotal moment for me. So Mm. I found out my husband was cheating on me at the time. I moved in with a girlfriend for a little bit because that's a, that's a, that's 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 a deal breaker. Like, oh yeah, be with me or sure. be with someone else. Right. Don't be with both. Yeah. And so I'd moved in with a girlfriend of mine, still trying to go to school, and got a phone call in the middle of the night. My ex-husband was a DJ at a club at the time, and I got a phone call from a chaplain at a hospital that my husband had been shot. Wow. in a parking lot shooting oh and that he God. was okay. He was stable. They right. kept telling me that he's okay. He's, okay. he's stable. Yeah. But you got to think in my mind, I've got a foot out the door. I'm ready to divorce him at this right. point. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, God, is this like a sign? Am I supposed to work on my marriage? Are we supposed to change things? Like, what am I supposed to do? And so I go back, we try to work on things. Mm -hmm. I'm helping rehab him. Where he was shot was in his back. Mm -hmm. And the way it traveled, he had a lot of nerve damage. And so I had to help take care of him for a couple of months. And so I was missing a lot of school. Well, the way cosmetology laws work Mm -hmm. is that you have to complete your consecutive hours in an allotted amount of time by the state or you lose those hours. Well, I got pulled into the school office, you know, and they tell me, they give me a warning. And basically I said, I have to take care of him. Like this is life or death here. So I pulled out of school. So needless to say, fast forward a little bit. 
um, lost all my hours mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. I'm trying to take care of him. Uh, the amazing thing was during that time I got sober because mm-hmm. I realized the depths of my addiction and I just quit one day. Yeah, I wrote myself a letter and I, uh, I still have it to this day. And I always say that I'm going to publish a copy of it in my book one day. Yeah, But it was a letter to myself and God. And that's what it said. This letter is to myself and God. And I, I want to be sober. I want to be, a, right. I want to prepare my body to have a baby. I want to be a better wife. I, you know, all these things yeah. that I was craving and they weren't happening in my life. And three months later, I found out I was pregnant. So I was sober wow. for three months yeah. when I found out I was pregnant with my son. So does that, cause you did fitness stuff too, right? I did. So and that did was you after. Find, okay. Yeah. I found yeah. fitness after my son, because you got to think I was sure. on drugs that yeah. made me really skinny all the time. And growing up a dancer, being a competitive dancer, weight just naturally right. stayed off of me you because I'm dancing like you crazy. Anything you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And ended up gaining 75 pounds with yeah. my son. And so I found myself just over 200 pounds after I had him and found fitness and fell in love with the gym. Mm-hmm. And someone had approached me and said, hey, have you ever thought about doing a fitness competition? Like you really have the build for it. Yeah. And I think it's because I was a competitive dancer. I had a sure. lot of muscle and muscle It's memory. much easier to get back once you've had yes. it, right? Rather than just like have a lifetime of bad eating and bad habits. And then you think, you know what? Starting I'm, from scratch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did that. And because I think of my competitive nature and my discipline from dance, right. I dove in head first to fitness and and loved it and became a fitness competitor and did that for seven years until I earned my pro card and featured in a fitness magazine and kind of checked those boxes in that industry too. Right. So, but during this whole time, are you still like, do you go back to school as well during that seven years? So I did not go back to school for quite a while. Um, I... Trying to gosh the timeline. My I got a divorce mm-hmm. when my son after my son was born. He was a year and a half when I divorced mm-hmm. my ex husband, and you know, like I said, it was and we're good now. I always like to preface that or right. tell people because I, I've learned when I'm speaking if I leave these loose ends, it often yeah. gets back to him, and he's yeah. like, "Heard you were talking <laughs> about me." I'm like, "No, no, no, we're yeah. good. We co-parent really well yeah. now. You got to think our our son that." we have together is 13 and mm. almost 14. And so it's been a long time, right. you know, and, but I left when he was um, a year and a half old and I started over and it was about two years later that I finally went back to school yeah. and I had to start from scratch because I had lost all my hours. Sure. So I started over as a single mom and, and like I'm naturally good at this anyway, yeah, but I've still I still got to do and it. And it was a struggle when I tell people I was scared when I left my ex-husband, mm. I was really scared. He was very abusive and it started to get very physical mm-hmm. and I left one day while he was at work I mean I packed up everything I possibly could yeah. in my friend's car and I left and so when I started over I started over with a mattress on the floor right. I was in the office getting food stamps I was on wick I was on yeah. anything out there and that's what I like to tell women you can look at my life now and see everything I've done and everything I accomplished. But there's a quote that I heard a long time ago, and I think it's so perfect. And I want people to know it. Mm -hmm. It takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Yeah. Because people look at where I'm at now. and I'm like, guys, it was not this way. I was on food stamps. I was struggling. I was crying myself Mm -hmm. to sleep. Like, how is this ever going to work? Finally getting approved for childcare so I could put my son in childcare while I was going back to school full time and cocktail waitressing at a casino at night to make money. Yeah. Like I I made it work. I did what I had to do in Mm -hmm. order to get that certificate so I could actually go do what I wanted to do professionally. That's amazing, isn't it? When you yeah. look back at all the things in the moment, you're like, "What am I doing?" Right? And like, you know, you're but, surviving. Yeah, I mean, you're it's doing like, anything you can. Yeah, people want to. Well, what's step five? You right. can't think about step five. You're on step one. Yeah. Put one foot in front of the other and figure out what you have mm-hmm. to figure out right now, so you can get to step two. Right. And then you can keep going. Yeah. I mean, you just survive in the moment. You do what you have to do. So you go through all that. You finally get that certificate. You know that says you're qualified to do you know what you've been wanting to do do you go to a salon like you get a, you now you can apply to work somewhere right I did so I actually started um, again out of my resilience and like mm-hmm. just 
ten, I've heard people tell me a lot that I'm tenacious. They're like, girl, you're just tenacious. Yeah. Like you just survive. That's what you do. And so in the midst of my divorce, when I was, um, single and had no experience, no mm. business knowledge, nothing like nothing professional. Right. I'm like, all right, well, what do you do? Okay. Well, I'm going to make up this flyer that says prom hair and makeup special. I started inviting friends over to yeah. my house to practice hair and makeup on them. And I didn't even have a license at the time, but I was making yeah. phone calls. Everybody y'all remember my space? Oh yeah. I MySpace. Mean, yeah. yeah. MSN messenger and all that so stuff. Yeah. I messaged this woman and she's actually here local. Um, you might Sharon Tab, I don't know if you know. It's Tab Tab Bowles, yes. right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So uh -huh. Sharon was my first mentor. Okay. And I reached out to her on MySpace and I was like, Hey, so I'm an aspiring hair and makeup artist, and if you ever need help or an assistant, I'll come work for free. I'll come hold your yeah. bobby pins, like I'll do anything yeah. you need just me to give do. Me a chance. You're just amazing yeah. and I want to learn from you. And she gave me a chance yeah. and I did weddings. She's the one that introduced me to weddings. Okay. And so I did weddings for about a year, year and a half, something like that with her. Mm. And then we kind of went our separate ways. I know she went back out to LA for a little bit, but mm. I fell in love with doing weddings. And so I started making up flyers and I just did what I, what sounded right to sure. me. I'm like, well, where do brides go? event venues. So I started calling event venues and I was like, Hey, can I come drop off some flyers for, mm -hmm. cause bridal 10 years ago was yeah. not what bridal is today. Yes. Yeah, so you don't There's get a brides of Oklahoma magazine. Hashtag and all bridal expert. Yeah. 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 All that stuff did not exist back right. then. Brides of Oklahoma did, but they were brand new. Sure. And so me being like the single mom, having to save every dollar mm. I possibly can. Not going to buy a booth with marketing well, dollars and all the rest of it. Yeah. Brides of Oklahoma. And I'm like, yeah. what's in, what's your cheapest ad? And it was like, I don't know, at the time it was like $2,700 or something. And to me, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like just Do you know me, how like, many days yeah. I have to work to yeah. save that? So I did. I started calling girls and I was like, hey, can I switch you shifts? I'll pick up your shift. I'll pick up your shift. Yeah. And I saved that dadgum money yeah. and I bought that freaking ad. And it was the first thing I had ever spent on yeah. like advertising for myself. But I went from doing, I did 11 weddings my first year on my own mm -hmm. to 27 weddings my second year. So and then my third for year, 44 weddings. Wow. And then I've averaged about 50 to 60 weddings a year ever since then. Yeah. And so it's just wild to yeah. think like you just have to take those steps. And so that's when I got into bridal. So I was actually sure. still and and she's not with the school anymore. So I can tell on her now. <laughs> but there was a rule when I was in cosmetology school because I went yeah. to Paul Mitchell in Norman. Okay. And there was a rule that Saturdays were mandatory. So I had to pull her aside. I'm like, mm. listen, I'm a single mom. And this is when I make my most money is yeah. on Saturdays. And I know they're man Because if you miss five in a year, you're kicked out of school. And okay. I'm like, I'm definitely going to miss five. Yeah. I'm probably going to miss 10. Like I need to put food so, on the table. I need yeah, to, yeah, exactly. Like, and this, this is, is the only way to do it. And so she's like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, if I ever pull you in the office to reprimand you, just look really sad when you walk out. <laughs> and she never wrote me up for missing a Saturday. <laughs> and I just told, I poured my heart out. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a single mom. Like, this is how I make money because it got so hard trying to go to school. You know, it was eight to five every single day during the week and right. Mondays were off Saturdays were mandatory mm -hmm. and so working as a cocktail waitress where they made you wear these ridiculous outfits and heels at a casino too right yes. you've got costumes more than that Co they're yeah. costumes yeah, they're they ridiculous yeah. and my feet would kill me and it got so bad that it was hurt it was affecting me at school because I'd be so exhausted gotcha. and so the weddings were what I had to rely on yeah. and so she let me do them she's yeah. like you go right ahead and do those weddings and you take care of your baby that's awesome so. who was that first like that first wedding that you did that was not through Sharon but like your first tired wedding I don't remember, remember the names of the yeah. first weddings do you remember how you felt doing it yeah I super nervous yeah I literally I'm, I'm a big person of faith you can I mean, you can probably looking around I've got right. like Mary Magdalene over here and divine books and my sage mm -hmm. and my bibles like I'm just a big person of faith and mm -hmm. divinity and spirituality and and I would tell people joking but I was dead serious yeah. that when I would do something and I didn't know a question to ask and I didn't have anybody, I'm like, this is me. Like, mm. I have to act like the badass right now. Right. Like, I have to 
I have to do this. And I would pray as I was doing hair. I'm like, yeah. okay, God, please guide my hands. Make this look good. Like, I don't know what to do. Right. Because, I mean, every head of hair is different. Sure. Some people have massive thick hair. Some people have incredibly fine hair. And mm-hmm. you're like, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. And so it was just over time. It got better and it got mm-hmm. better with each and every person. And I was terrified to charge yeah. anything in the beginning. And now I'm like, if someone says it's too expensive, yeah. I'm like, okay, Sorry. not a problem. Yeah. Um, I can refer you to someone. Right. Like, because I know my worth now. Yeah. But in the beginning, I was I was terrified a lot of times yeah. to to make it work. And so I just would pray mm-hmm. my way through it. So, you, you know, you do the whole wedding thing and, and you're doing beauty and you get very, very good at it. I mean, 60, 70 weddings a year, like that's a that's a lot, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's not easy to do. And then, you know, you get into it and you get to build a reputation and get your name out there. Like, where do you go from there? When when is this that you're doing that? What what year is that? And where? So What's I, next? I actually so to kind of put it in perspective, I opened a salon three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, two years before that, I started. That was when I was really busy. So about five six years ago was okay. at the height of like wedding there there was no competition sure. and i don't say that like like any of my old school people that listen mm. to this know what i'm talking know, about yeah. like there's a handful of bridal stylists in oklahoma mm. that are like the og bridal stylist yeah. and we had the market cornered yeah well now it's popular to be a bridal stylist so there's mm. a lot of competition and there's a lot of people doing it for yeah. a lot less than what a lot of us right. charge yeah. and, and you know it's the market it's it's mm-hmm. what it is it's what happens yeah. and but we got to the point where i mean i had so many I couldn't do them all and so I started building a team and I started hiring stuff out Mm -hmm. and uh, we'd be in three different locations on a Saturday at once and so that's when I was like oh my gosh I'm like making six figures doing hair on the weekends it got to a point where I didn't even work in a salon because I never loved coloring and cutting hair like I loved bridal and so I would not work all week during the week I'd be with my children I was like PTA mom and I'm busy on Fridays and Saturdays which what's the exchange you know I was making six figures Mm -hmm. but I was missing every soccer game yeah because people book their weddings a year out in advance. Right. And so the good thing I will say about working with women, mm-hmm. all women, you know, around you when you're doing hair and makeup, it's all women. And yeah. I would say something about missing my son. or And they were always so encouraging. They're like, look at you sacrificing yeah. time with your family to build a life for them. And right. so there was always this this exchange. Like I always had to give something to get something. Mm-hmm. And then it got to a point where that wasn't okay with me anymore. Sure. And so I started contracting more out and taking less. And over the last three or four years, mm-hmm. I've taken less and less. Okay. And I have like my final three weddings on the yeah. books. Yeah, because no, I'm like, making a huge transition. Well, I mean, the wedding industry and every other industry recently has been rocked, didn't it? Everyone's oh, like sure. rescheduling. So yeah. with the, are those three like are they this year or they they are one of them is next month okay. and I've done the older sister's hair and now I'm or hair and makeup and sure. now I'm doing the younger sister and so I've actually got her trial this weekend yeah. and hers is in June and so they were they were kind of on the fence they were like we're gonna wait right. it out we're yeah. hoping that it's fine mm-hmm. and so it's fine they kept it but then we had our other two rescheduled yeah. one rescheduled for the fall and one rescheduled for January 2021 okay. so not disastrous then at least nah. it's like because I know some people and, and even just photographers in, yeah. in the industry and the rest of it like it's it's not a fun time to be doing that event stuff it's is not it? it's, it's really tough I mean we had to close the doors to my salon mm. for eight weeks yeah. you know so you know all the amazing women that work there mm. no income you know and that's their only source of income and some of right. them are single it's not like they're married it's, yeah. it's them and what a difficult time you mm. know so I think it rocked everybody yeah. to their core so right now you still have the salon it's open now right I do okay. yeah awesome. so I own Salon Collective okay. in North Oklahoma City it's in the Nichols Hills area mm-hmm. And I've had that for three and a half years. Was that a huge like risk and jump at the time when you opened that up? Or were you like, it I'm ready? It wasn't, it wasn't. I mean, it was a new endeavor because mm-hmm. I had never opened a brick and mortar business before. Sure. I had always run via online mm-hmm. and no overhead. Never needed it. I yeah, guess. I never yeah. needed it with bridal and, and just really had a desire to cultivate other people and mm-hmm. give other people a supportive space to work because... Sure. The salon industry, for anyone who knows, can be incredibly catty. Mm-hmm. 
very drama filled and that's just not me. I don't like it. I don't like that kind of talk. I don't like the actions. I don't like the feel of it, anything. And so my goal was to create a space that was loving and supportive and the energy felt great. And women and men alike felt Mm -hmm. comfortable in there and the stylist felt supported. And so that's, that was my main goal in doing it. Yeah. I mean, that's like I said, that's, looking back at everything that's happened and like you you know everything happens for a reason right and you have all these stages and you wouldn't be where you are today and you wouldn't has to be as tenacious as you are today without it uh you know do you did you have a speaking event last year did i remember that i did okay so you know you you have the salon it's going well you're doing weddings weird like you know where because I'm sure you're always speaking, you're always motivating your team, and that's just yeah. seems like who you are. You like to speak, and you like to be, you know, outgoing and out loud. When do you think I'm going to go on stage and do this and have this? Because it was a couple yeah. of big names came into town for this, right? They did, yeah. yeah. So um, it was a huge transition, mm-hmm. and and it's been cool to kind of reflect myself and mm-hmm. see when that transition happened. But it was really when I was at the top of my bridal game okay. and doing New York Fashion Week and styling celebrities and yeah. doing a ton of editorial shoots. And we can dive into that. Let's yeah, talk about that shoots first. Shoots yeah. for European magazines, and so my name was becoming really well known in how to build that kind of business in Oklahoma. Is this where you meet Grant and Ellen Cardone? No, so that was uh, fast forward just a little, and that's when the trajectory of a lot of things changed. I'm sure, yeah. 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 So I was teaching. I was getting invited by different schools Mm -hmm. to teach, like hair, basically. But then you get people that ask questions, and they're like, and I'm vulnerable. So someone asks a question, and I might be on stage showing an up style, Mm. but I, you know, somebody would say something, you know, because the hair industry is just kind of catty. Oh, so if course, I can yeah. set the scene, yeah. you're on a little stage in a school and you've got, you know, 75 students watching you. Yeah. Some of them, which said F off to college. I'm sure. going to go to hair school instead. Yeah. So they're kind of jacking around in hair school. And then you mm-hmm. have people there that are taking it very serious. And, people ask questions and, and comments start to fly between each other. They're like, yeah. yeah, well, if you weren't partying every weekend, you <laughs> might could be like her. And I'm like, well, hold on. What yeah. you know? And they would ask questions to me. Cause I, I like to, I have a little bit of some feisty in yeah. me when I need to. And, and I would get vulnerable and I would tell them, you know, Hey, my life wasn't always like this. Mm-hmm. Like I was partying every weekend and every week, like my life was a disaster seven years ago, you know, and this is, you know, five, six years ago now, but my life was a disaster for a long time and I had to be the one that pulled myself out of it. Right. And I would, you know, just kind of share with them vulnerably. And, and the more I did that, the more comfortable I got doing mm-hmm. that. And the more I caught myself doing that because people would come at me with excuses or they would complain. And I'm like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I, if you want to know half of what I've been through, then you can come and tell me why you're not where you want to be. Right. Like, let's really talk about it. And so that's when I started really coaching people sure. and then getting invited to speak different places. And then I started getting invited to be on different panels as an expert and and then it starts just kind of flowing from there yeah Yeah. and it was a little after a year after I opened the salon that I was getting more into business and I wanted to cultivate and I wanted to grow and it was okay do I want to franchise the salon do I want to open multiple locations do I want to start coaching and speaking do I want to start a podcast like I don't know what I want to do you know what's the next step from here because at that point I felt like I had accomplished everything that I set out to do sure when you look back and like this is what I've come from like, I, I'd give anything I mean, to look, be here I right now. This, like, this is my manifestation board. board. Yeah. So I love these, yeah. right? And I had made one while I was in hair school. Yeah. And I looked one day, uh, we were cleaning out some stuff in my house, and my my son was like, Mom, what is this? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, that's my manifestation board that I made when I was in cosmetology school. Yeah. And I had accomplished everything on it. Yeah. Red carpet, hair and makeup, working with supermodels, doing New York Fashion Week, mm-hmm. working with celebrities. I had done everything on there, opening a salon, and I'm like... Yeah. Well, when you've done everything on your board, what do you do? Right. You got to start dreaming bigger, you know? And so somebody had told me about um, the 10X conference, Grant and Elena Cardone, Mm -hmm. and I had never even heard of them. I'm like, what is this? So I look it up online and I'm like, oh, okay. Tim Story speaking and Damon John and Lori Harder. Okay. This this looks like something that I'd want to go to. And I look at the tickets, and the cheapest ticket was $4,000. Yeah. And I was like, 
That's a stretch. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> going okay. yeah, to Miami yeah. for the weekend. But <laughs> at the same time, my husband yeah. and I had started flipping houses, uh-huh. and he had left Chesapeake. He cashed in his 401k. Yeah. He went all chips in. So we didn't just, you know, have an extra four grand sure, yeah. that was just disposable. Right. And so I'm like, how am I going to go to this thing? Well, there's a podcast that I listen mm-hmm. to called Dropping Bombs okay. with Bradley. I don't know if you've heard of it. He's real Is that crass. the real Bradley on Instagram? Yes. Yeah, I've seen some of his stuff. Yes. Yeah. So I was following him at the time, and he launched a contest, and mm. I ended up winning a ticket nice. to this, and I flew out there by myself, went to it, but again, with my tenacity, because right. my brain's always ticking. I'm always like... 10 steps ahead. Sure. I'm like, okay, what what's going to play out? Like, mm-hmm. what can I do here? And I'm all about getting the most out of everything that you do. Right. Everything. And my bold self, <laughs> I message Elena Cardone on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hi, Elena. I just wanted to let you know that or, you know, introduce myself and said, you know, I'm one of Bradley's ticket winners and I'll be out there for the conference. I'm coming alone. So excited. I just wanted to see if you had a hair and makeup artist booked yet. I've been a hair and makeup artist for, it was like 12 years at the time and I'm internationally published. Here's my website. You can check out my work. I'm legit because like when you're that famous and you get DMs all the time, you have a lot of creepers. And and I thought my husband was like, I wonder if she'll actually DM you back. Well, she did, and that turned into conversation, which turned into yeah. exchanging emails, which turned into exchanging cell phone numbers, which turned into her saying yes. And yeah. I spent four days with Elena and yeah. Grant and their kids and got her ready each day and got to ride in their... I, I literally yeah. had an, a, a gun-holding armed guard yeah. walk me from my room to her room every day it was wild yeah and so while even walking around with her people would get her for pictures and like oh my god how long have you known her how long have you been her personal stylist <laughs> and i'm like would you believe i met her two days ago yeah, like know, i just like, slid into the dms like that's how it's done yeah literally <laughs> and, and you know you tell people that and they're like oh my god i'm about to dm everybody oh, yeah like, but that's how it works though it is and right? sometimes it's fate and yeah. because there was a part of me that thought she's for sure not going to message mm-hmm. back but i'm all about adding value and that was the thing that that I do tell people I did not charge her Mm -hmm. she's they're, they're yeah. they might be billionaires now. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. at the time, they he's one of the wealthiest people mm-hmm. in America. Sure. You know, and and they could have afforded it, and I could have said, yeah. you know, these are my prices. It's almost like you saying, I want to pay you to come and serve exactly. you, right? Because you know how much value you're getting exactly. out of exactly. Yeah. And the connections alone that mm-hmm. I made there, it it literally changed the trajectory of yeah. my life. Like Tim Story is one of my mentors. Mm-hmm. Hank Norman, who was one of their speakers. Yeah. I mean, I met some of the most incredible incredible people that mm. are they're world shakers they're world changers right. and proximity is power and I even told her that mm. you know I said I knew by coming to do this with you that there would be so much value alone just in the conversation yeah. just in being in here mm-hmm. and I mean it changed everything and being in that room and hearing those I mean yeah. there was 10,000 people in an arena right. yeah. and I the coolest thing I mean working with her was cool But the first day I got done with her hair and makeup and she has her security guard Mm -hmm. um, walk me down to registration. She goes, I want you to upgrade her ticket to an all access VIP pass. She can go anywhere she wants. And I'm like, okay. Thank thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And so he walks me down there and gives me a pass. I'm talking like the cool one where you just flash it and the security guards move and they're like, oh, she has all clearance. Mm. And so I got to meet, you know, Ed Milet and just all these Damon John and Tim Grover. I mean, Michael Jordan's Right. Trainer. Yeah, which like, I've read that book so many times. It's, it's amazing. It's such a good book. Yeah, it yeah. Is, yeah. All these people and to be able to shake their hand and they're they're engaged right. because they're you're back there in the VIP mm. area where there's not a lot of people. It's not like right. everyone got to buy those tickets. Yeah. They don't know who you are, but they know there's a reason why you're here and you must be good at what you do. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was it was an unreal experience and it showed mm-hmm. me more. And that's when I, I sat there and I was like I'm going to speak on stages like that. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. That's my next move. Right. 
so then this leads to the event that happened last year and yeah so i came back to oklahoma and literally within a week i was like babe i'm planning a women's event he's like okay but you gotta think at the time we're so invested we're so leveraged that i'm like and me with my creativity i'm like how can i do this super cheap so i start asking around and somebody told me that venue seven in case you guys want to know this should be like a paid ad but it's not um, venue seven up north yeah. rents their restaurant r- room like they have a private room okay. for fifty dollars so yeah. i'm like oh 50 bucks cool great and yeah. uh, how much is the food okay great cheapest plates ten dollars ten dollars great i knew i had my budget i was yeah. gonna decorate i made it gorgeous mm-hmm. and i put an email blast out and i said this is a free event to the first 50 women that rsvp yeah in 45 minutes all the tickets were claimed yeah and so i knew i was on to something i'm like women sure. want to gather together women want to have real mm-hmm. authentic conversations we're done with the surface talk we're right. done with the whole the caddy stuff Mm -hmm. the the surface stuff like people want deeper conversation they want to show up as their authentic self and and Mm -hmm. be seen sure and that's what started to unfold as soon as i started to do that and so i had done 11 events in a two-year period when i hosted my conference and my conference was my last november at the sheridan yeah and it was my first full-on two-day event and it was the hardest damn thing (laughs) i've ever done in my life yeah like that's hosting one event is easy right because you you know you can get it going it's maybe my two or three speakers and but a day like two days like people flying in for i'm sure like all this kind of stuff speakers like it's a big deal it was huge it was the scariest thing i've ever done in my life yeah would you do it again? I'm doing it again. Amazing. When is yeah. it? So I was going to do it in October this sure. year, but because Naturally, of everything, yeah. I'm pushing it to January 2021. Okay. Same kind of like plan, same... Same, same yeah. plan. So I'm looking at a really cool local mm-hmm. venue um, that is up and coming sure. and it's really awesome. And I'll be flying in a couple of big yeah. name speakers. I haven't announced anything yet, yeah. but it's going to be bigger. It's going to be awesome. better. It's going to be even more involved and i'm really excited about yeah. it yeah that's that's so good and like i knew a little bit about the story i never did knew a lot and i i'm so pumped that we've done this now people <laughs> listening to me like well obviously look at the story but i actually had i knew a little bit but i didn't know that much um and i mean to get to where you are right from everything that you, that's happened and you look back and you know you've done a lot of things right yeah but when you look back at it there's like there's there's a clear like You've been very good at a lot of things, too. That's not just, like, some people who, oh, go out and try what you want to do, and you'll figure out what you want to be good at, right? Yeah. You've, like, committed to being a good dancer and committed to being a hairstylist and then committed to being, like, not many people can say they've been on stage and had their pro card. At, like, when you pull that out, people are like, what are you talking about? Really? <laughs> right? And then, you know, all this other stuff, like speaking and meeting these people, like, it's pretty impressive stuff. It, it makes for a rich story. Oh, yeah. And it's cool that it's mine, you yeah. know, and... I don't know. Someone else had said that to me before about being good at a lot of things. Mm. And I never really thought about it that way because I'm such an overachiever, I guess, Mm -hmm. that if I felt like I fell short of something, that I was a failure. So that was a story I had to change about myself because I really would think that I was a failure a lot of times in my life. But Mm -hmm. what I've learned is that you don't fail. You just learn. But then it goes to back to like, you know, the the addictive mindset too right yeah. it was like i'm sure when you were dancing you were addicted to being a dancer like that's all you wanted to do yeah and then so that's why you're so committed it's because you have that trait in you as well and that's exactly. some of the best the there's best a book i've read a few of grant cardone's books but mm-hmm. i want to say it's seller be sold mm-hmm. um and he talks about addiction in there and he talks very openly about yeah. his cocaine addiction and how he snapped out of that in his selling 20s. cars right was yes, he selling cars he was yeah. selling cars yeah. yeah and he talks about that and that's mm-hmm. what he says in there and i remember reading that book a few years ago and thinking that's exactly what it is mm-hmm. it's it's changing one addiction for another sure. one that was a detriment to me and and don't get me wrong mm. i've had to find balance oh i'm sure like yeah. in this whole pandemic quarantine i've been calling it a deep breath because <laughs> yeah. i don't like those negative words <laughs> people can say what they right. want but it's been the best thing for me and mm-hmm. people might think that's wild and crazy and maybe some of you listening can't relate mm. at all to that but it has been the best freaking thing that has ever happened in my entire life because I have realized that I will never in a million years give up so much time with my husband and children for success because you now you know what you're missing yeah Yeah. 
Yeah. I've gotten to be home and be with my children, work a lot from home. Thank God with yeah. coaching women, it's been over Zoom. And so that wasn't too affected. Right. But I mean, never again will I sacrifice so much. And mm-hmm. so I, you learn this balance when you have an addictive personality. I don't want it to be so all in that mm-hmm. other areas of my life are suffering. Right. So now you just mentioned that you're coaching, you know, you have the Aveline Collective, you have your own podcast and you're coaching you know other women to with your experiences to do be entrepreneurs and be successful business women right yes so how people you know what has that been like and and how obviously if people listening want to get in involved with that stuff how do they reach out yeah so you can just email me my website is just malloryabeline.com um and i'm sure you can you know spell that out and yeah i'll link it things yeah Yeah. Yeah. um and just contact me there i have a form there and people just submit Mm -hmm. and they tell me what it is that they're looking for but the thing is i always want to be in integrity There are some people that I have not coached or that I have let go because we don't mesh well. And I'm not going to promise you the sun, moon, and stars. I help people Mm -hmm. break through their BS. I help people target the lies that they're telling themselves Mm -hmm. so that they can actually start manifesting the kind of life they desire. Which is not easy on the other side, right? Those people, they Oh, it's not easy. I've had coaches. I've had so many coaches. I've had coaches that have broke me down and made me mad at them. Like I'm paying you to coach me and you're making me feel this way, (laughs) but it's, it's uncovering those darker parts of yourself that you really need to expose in order to get to where you want to be. And Mm -hmm. so I do a lot of different things. I have clients that I help them plan their own events. And Mm -hmm. so if they have, they're trying to birth an event or a workshop, I help them walk through the steps, how to gain sponsors, how to do the marketing Mm -hmm. around it. So I have clients like that. I also have clients that it's a lot of mindset and transformation. Transformation coaching, they know they're stuck. Maybe they've gotten out of an abusive marriage. Sure. Maybe they're considering leaving an abusive marriage. Maybe they're falling back into addiction. Right. You know, there's a lot of different things around mindset that I help mm-hmm. people with through. And so, yeah. or help people through. But if anyone's listening that is interested in that, just message me on my website yeah. and, and I help all kinds of women. And I offer a free uh, discovery call sure. to see if we're a good fit for one another. And then we talk about yeah. what that looks like for me. And then, you're, what is your Instagram? You have a pretty good Instagram too. Yeah, so pretty good. You have a very good Instagram. Thank you. It's yeah. Mallory Aveline as well. Okay. I try to keep everything pretty simple. Mm-hmm. I do have the Aveline Collective sure. Instagram. Um, it was, you know, I don't keep up with it as much because there's no events going on right, <laughs> right now. Yeah. And honestly, I don't want to be a slave to my phone. Mm-hmm. I very much was leading up to the conference because I'm promoting it every day. Like, yeah. and one of my coaches was telling me, Mallory, when you think you've sounded like a broken record and yeah. you're annoying yourself, keep going. Yeah. Go 10 times harder because people don't see it. I had women a week after the conference that started seeing everything flooding through and they're like, I didn't even know you were having a conference. And so you really have to be in people's faces leading up to an event. Like, Mm -hmm to the point that you're annoying yourself. And so I have the Aveline collective that I promote different events on, but there Mm -hmm. hasn't been any events. I do have a retreat coming up, but it's very private. It's not going to be advertised. You literally have to watch my Instagram stories, um, or subscribe to my newsletter to even see it or be invited to it. And it's going to be the second, I've already sold a couple of tickets today and uh, I just have started talking about it. So there's only 10 spots for that. And that's just Super personal retreat, super, get away. Super, super personal. Out. It's going to be um, in the Dallas metro area at this mm. gorgeous private house that I rented. Great. And uh, very, times. very, very, very quiet. Yeah. yeah very Is that where you see things going in the future? Like just more down the coaching route and being able to help people for from sure. your own I experiences? Love, I mean, I love having my salon and I love doing the designing for the homes that we flip. Right. But my passion is women. Yeah. My passion is helping women get unstuck. Mm-hmm. And listen, you could be an executive making all the money in the world, living in the great house, but you feel super lonely and super unfulfilled. I coach women like that. I coach women that it's a stretch Mm -hmm. for them to spend a thousand dollars to get coaching. Like I coach all kinds of women. And so 
that's where my heart is, mm-hmm. is really helping people figure out who they are and stand in their authenticity. You'll see yeah. me hashtag a lot unapologetic authenticity mm-hmm. because I am all about being unapologetic in who you are because I hid for so long. Right. I would walk into rooms, especially just to touch on where I was at the height of my bridal career. People probably would have never thought this because mm-hmm. I was getting invited to all kinds of things. I mean, I was the official hair and makeup artist for Miss Oklahoma for yeah. for 10 years and I'm hanging out with Durant and Westbrook when yeah. they're here, you know, and we you know when they were both still here, yeah. <laughs> but when I was at the height of all of that and being invited to all these galas and things, I felt so small in a room, right? People would, you know, cause I think a natural question for people is where'd you go to university? Sure, Where's yeah. your degree from? Yeah, yeah. And I just shrink yeah. like, well, I, I didn't go to college. Um, yeah. I decided to go to cosmetology school and just would never say it right. confidently. Like what I chose to do for a living was lesser than someone who chose to go through college to get to where they wanted to right. be with their career. And are still paying off the debt. Exactly. And I'm not <laughs> yeah. paying off school debt. So yeah. that's great. But I, I teach women to get out of that because I would shrink myself yeah. so much and I, I couldn't stand in my authenticity. And so I'd catch myself at the bar yeah. grabbing another drink just to try to cope with how small I felt in a room sure. with all these big, important people. You can put me in any room with anyone now and yeah. I will hold my own because I know my value and I know what I offer and I know who I am yeah. and I know that I can help other women do the same. Right. Yeah. Cause you, you look back and like, I've done this. I've, I've done accepted the fact that I've done this. I, I know it. that I'm good at it. <laughs> It, right, yeah. which sometimes comes across as a bit like, oh, okay, well, cool, thanks. Like, but that's who you are. Like, it is I love who that. I, am. I love that. Yeah, whole, and I want um, people to know that there's a difference mm-hmm. in confidence and cockiness. Yeah. There's a huge difference. I don't want to be cocky about what I do because I think that that turns people yeah. off, but I am confident about what I do. And right. if I was going to hire a professional, I would want to know that you can absolutely sure. build my dream house. Not, well, I think I've done that a time or two. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you want somebody confident in yeah. what they're doing. Have you seen the TV series Suits? I haven't. You haven't? Oh, you'll love it. It's good. It's about, lo- it's about lawyers in New York, but there's a character oh, okay. in that, as a male character in that called Harvey Specter, and that's what he's like. He's just gets things done, and he comes across very cocky, but he's not. He's confident. That was yeah. what you think of that. Um, but this has been awesome. This yes. has been such a great story. Um, I'm no doubt people listening and watching have so much value from this, and you're probably going to get some messages saying, I either love this or can I help, you know, all this stuff, which is the goal. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me at the house. Thank you for having me at the office. This awesome stuff. And yeah. I, I need a, this is Oklahoma, one of those. That looks really cool. Yeah, so I can give you the guy that did that. Awesome. He's here local. Yeah, now, now that we're doing Zoom stuff, I need a good background, right? Yes, exactly. I know I do all my podcasts and all my Zooms yeah. here. But uh, what's the podcast you. called? So the podcast currently is called mm-hmm. The Aveling Collective. Sure. But I am, I'm doing a huge rebrand. Okay. And that's part of what Jared was doing for me. Sure. And it's been a big evolve. And so I'm getting ready. Um, Mm -hmm. It actually launches on June 16th. And it will be the Truth Evolves podcast. Okay. Awesome. Well, yeah. we'll 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 post that out and help as best we can to sh- share that out and get the word out. Not that you need it, but I will happily help. Um, yes. It's been a pleasure for everyone listening. I'll post all the links down below, and you can definitely check out Mallory's awesome stuff. So thanks for listening, and we will catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us, and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.